This is a pre-recorded segment. I just want to say very quickly, if you are listening to this podcast and if you have listened to Broke Bitch Anonymous in the past, please go ahead and rate this podcast. Give it five stars. You can do it on the homepage of Broke Bitch Anonymous. If you're listening on Spotify, click the stars. Give it five if you like it or one. Fuck it. I don't care. Just please rate this podcast. It really helps. Rate it right now, right at the top. Thank you. Good morning and good night. Thank you. Rate the podcast, please. Did you do it? Do you do it yet? Okay. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of this podcast that I have decided recently I really don't like the name of very much. Well, I don't know if I like it because I liked the book concept that this podcast was supposed to be based around. But now, as we are getting into the ninth episode, and hopefully we'll have 10 episodes out before this year is over, I'm realizing, as I tell more people about it, as people kind of get to know it a little bit more, the exposure increases, it's a little bit of an embarrassing name, and I can't really take myself all that seriously as... I have to tell people that my podcast is called Broke Bitch Anonymous when they ask me about it. So we're going to see. I might keep it. I'll probably keep it because I don't like to... I, I like to commit to something. So once I've committed to it, even if that is the worst decision of my life, I will probably stick it out until like something absolutely terrible happens. And even then, I'm probably going to stick it out more. That is true in my relationships. Uh, That is true in the current situationship that I'm in. That is true in pretty much everything in my life. So (laughs) we are ride or die over here. Uh, But no, welcome to another episode of Broke Bitch Anonymous, BBA, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It is almost Christmas, uh, and I'm actually leaving again in a couple days, thank fucking God. I'm in Atlanta right now. I've only been here for a few days. I got back from Los Angeles, which I think I gave a little bit of an update about on the last episode when I mentioned that I had met somebody who wanted to work with me a little bit and that we were going to go out to LA and, you know, do some shoots and concerts and stuff like that. I really wish that I could talk more about that trip but I signed a bunch of NDAs. And to be honest, over the last few days, I've kind of been flipping the idea back and forth in my mind of like, okay, how can I actually talk about some of this without potentially like violating the NDA or like being sued or whatever. And I know a lot of people don't care that much about NDAs. I know that there's a lot of like YouTube exposing videos that pretty much start with like, fuck your NDA, I don't care. I'm just really not trying to not only get sued, I'm not trying to do that, but also I just don't like to be someone that leaves a bad taste in someone else's mouth after they work with me. So if I sign your NDA, I'll keep my mouth shut, whatever. It's not worth it for me. Um, But it was an interesting trip to say the least. And there were definitely some highlights. I will say that I did not make it to the Drake and Kanye Free Larry Hoover concert, which I was really upset about because that was like one of the main things I was looking forward to about that trip. And I knew that regardless of who I was with, like I could have just made it happen on my own if like I could have just fucking gone. And it was just so legendary that night that I really, 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 really do regret that. Instead, I was watching like the Twitch live stream or something of it. 
like a couple miles away and I just could have been there. It would have been so easy, but oh well. Life happens, but instead that night we did go to the after party of it. I guess Drake is like into Dave and Buster's or something still. I feel like he's always there. So he had a little after party at Dave and Buster's and um, I ended up there, which was cool. Did my little, I got, I feel like I got my, my fill of like the LA scene in that night alone. Cause when we got there, it was like, I don't know. Quavo and Offset and Nardo Wick and YK Osiris and Tyga and like pretty much anyone you could think of who is in the entertainment industry um, in this Damon Buster's just kind of like playing games and like standing around. So that was entertaining and it was cool. And overall, in LA, I actually ended up spending a couple extra days because someone I know at No Jumper hit me up and asked me to come on the show, which was amazing in my mind and already I wasn't feeling 100% I feel like this was last week right before like this Omarion shit exploded everywhere um so already I wasn't feeling 100% but I had just gotten tested for COVID because I thought I was going to the concert and I thought I was going to Rolling Loud and I had to bring a negative test for that so I literally like had just been tested like a couple days before so I was like okay it's probably not COVID like it's probably fine Um, but it turns out, I think it might've been that I was like in contact with it because when I got back to Atlanta, I realized that, um, a bunch of people that I had been around had all tested positive for it. So I was definitely exposed and I've been kind of just like laying low, taking vitamins and I've been fine. But in those days where I decided to extend my trip, I wasn't feeling a hundred percent, but no jumper had asked me to do the show and of course I was like gonna stick it out and do it and yes I was very 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 excited so I just spent like the two days before I did no jumper in LA like sleeping laying low just taking care of myself you know I saw a couple people but it was like I didn't really do anything crazy because I had been working pretty much nonstop for like the first four or five days that I was there and I don't know what happened with the no jumper interview I thought it was I thought it was like went well Um, I also probably shouldn't call it an interview, I'm guessing, because Adam actually didn't even show up, which was really disappointing to me because I had, like, paid to extend my trip, paid for my flight, paid for my extra hotel room, you know, all these unforeseen expenses that happen when you decide to extend your trip. Plus, when you're doing a podcast, so, like, especially if you're a woman, like, I went out and, you know, had to get, like, my lashes done and, like, this, that, and just things that I didn't think I was gonna have to do because I didn't think I was gonna be on camera. So, um all of that happened and when I got to the no jumper offices Adam actually wasn't gonna do the show so it was like me house phone and these two other girls and um oh my god the other guy who does the who does like the no jumper shit what is his name it doesn't matter anyways it was us uh and I think we had a pretty good discussion we were just talking mostly about like you know the stuff that always ends up being talked about when you put two to three plus girls on a couch with a couple dudes lately especially like in this clout world which is like only fans and stripping and you know selling your body pretty much so we were talking about that and also I guess we talked touched on like fresh and fit and we were talking about blue jasmine because she comes on the show a lot and I kind of said that she seemed like the brokest 
woman on all the episodes that she was on, even though she was always talking about how she was getting the most money. So whatever. We talked about all that stuff. And I didn't think it was bad. I mean, it was fine. I did bring like a bottle of Casamigos in my purse that I was like sipping on throughout the episode because I don't know if it's like a minor I'm not going to say it's a whatever. It's whatever it is. But I prefer, especially because we were filming it like in the afternoon at night. I prefer podcasts like that. Like, I just think it's better if you're like a little bit loose. It's a fine line between having your thoughts clear enough and being able to remember what you want to say and articulate what you actually are trying to fucking communicate, not slurring your words or anything like that. And also just having a little bit of fun with it and being a little bit loose. So I wasn't drunk at all, and I hadn't even really been drinking that whole trip. I maybe had, like, three, well, you know, three to four drinks probably in, like, shots in my cup that I was drinking um, while we were filming the episode, which was, like, probably an hour, an hour and a half. So not that, not a crazy amount, but I was tipsy. And by the time we wrapped it up, like, Adam finally came, and I was able to, like, meet him for the first time, and we talked, and it was cool, and they invited me to come back, and, like, blah, blah, blah. So I thought it was okay. I mean, they did invite me to come back, which I was excited about, but it's been a week now and the episode isn't out and I messaged them and I asked them where it was and they didn't reply. So I'm hoping it's still coming out because I did like kind of invest a lot into just being there. And even though like it wasn't, I don't think it's like the most groundbreaking no jumper show ever. I think it was pretty decent and like I just would like for it to come out so that it kind of like warms it up for hopefully the next time that I can do the show and I mean I still think that it was entertaining and I think it was also one of the first episodes that like the guys did without Adam so it was like that they were kind of being tested to see how much they could like hold it down on their own so I don't know where the episode is but that's what I did in LA and when I got back, I was still feeling, I realized that people I had been around had tested positive for corona. Um, and I wasn't feeling 100%, so I decided to just keep it low-key, take a bunch of zinc, sleep. So I'm feeling a lot better now, thankfully. And I'm going to take another rapid test thing today um, just to make sure. Because I'm going to New York on Thursday for Christmas because I was thinking to myself, like... If I have to spend Christmas alone here in Atlanta, I will probably want to kill myself. So I did a last minute decision. I texted a friend of mine and I felt really sad doing this, being like, hey, are you busy for Christmas? <laughs> and I was like, at the time I was like sitting alone on this bench, like in Whole Foods, just sort of waiting for my like Uber to take me home. Um because I don't have a fucking car yet and I'm gonna get to that also this episode I, there's a lot I want to talk about but I was sitting alone and I was just thinking ahead a little bit about this week and I'm just like fuck I don't I don't want to sit here alone on Christmas like it's one thing to I think it's one thing to do Thanksgiving alone it's one thing to do certain holidays alone it's, it's one thing to do Christmas alone if you're really busy maybe with work or something I mean even then it's a little sad but if you really like your apartment or you know you're very comfortable otherwise you know maybe it's doable but for me right now like you guys know where I'm staying at it's just like I'm renting like a room in this house and I just can't I can't do it it's not good for my it's not going to be good for my soul or my spirit to be sitting here alone so I'm going to New York staying with a friend it should be good 
Um, I think even, well, I feel kind of bad because I've already, I don't like to go anywhere empty handed, but I did book, and this is a broke bitch, uh, confession. All of the flights, I guess because it's Christmas, I don't know. All of the flights are so fucking expensive right now. And I don't fly spirit. Like it's a rule of mine that I've committed to for the last, well, I don't even know if I can say a whole year, but pretty much I don't, I don't. I try not to fly spirit. That is just, I don't even look at that shit. Delta is great. United is okay. American is good. Like I try to keep it in that realm and all of the flights, like the regular flights were just crazy expensive. And I didn't really want to ask my friend to get my flight because I don't know. I feel like they've gotten so many of my flights in the past and like, this isn't that type of situation. Like I'm just going to visit a friend. I can get my own fucking flight. So I was looking and everything was so expensive, so I booked a Spirit flight. I'm flying Spirit to New York, which is a little bit, um, I don't know which word I can use without being problematic, but it's not great. And the one thing about Spirit, the real only the only real way that it's worth it is if you like don't bring a carry-on because as soon as you bring something that's bigger than like a little purse, then they charge you like it's like 50 or $60 like in the check-in section of the airport like before you get on the plane or what you can prepay for. It's like $45. So I'm not doing that. I'm not bringing a fucking carry-on. I'm not giving this shitty airline any more money than I already gave, gave them for my $77 flight ticket, which was very cheap. Thank you very much. Um, so I'm not bringing really shit. I'm just going to bring like my little purse and like put some clothes in there and just whatever, thug it out. I don't care. Um, if anything, I can like order stuff or uh, whatever. So I also though, because it's Christmas, I don't like to go anywhere empty handed. So obviously I need to get him a present and I want to bring like just shit with me. And I don't know. So I just, I have a bunch of like Amazon packages, like arriving at his house, um, today, yesterday, just this week, pretty much. And half of them are like his presents just because I don't know, we're, it's, just a friend but like it's Christmas I don't want it to be Christmas morning and then there's no presents to open that's like sad so um I feel like I have taken over his house a little bit I do feel kind of bad about that that I'm like hey sorry I'm just getting a bunch of shit delivered but hopefully he doesn't open any of it and hopefully it's fine and I am actually really looking forward to um being on the east coast again and just like spending Christmas with a friend and I think I'm going I think we'll probably have like a couple other people over and I feel like they are really picky eaters like all of that group of people I remember once I cooked and like they wouldn't even eat I made like spaghetti and meatballs like the most basic shit ever like who doesn't like spaghetti and meatballs maybe it's not a meal you have every day but it's like a good meal I feel to make for like a big group of people or you know on like a cold day and it's like nice it's like all simmering in the pot and it's very like homely and whatever so I remember one day last year I was like trying to be like a good friend and like have use like this like it, like he has you know a really nice house and whatever so I was like trying to use the kitchen that never gets used and like people were coming over so I was like okay I'm just gonna make like dinner and whatever and I swear to god like I used good ingredients and my cooking is not bad if anyone has followed me on Instagram you can see like I don't make shitty food I was a fucking food writer for like four years I know about food I love food I'm not gonna like serve something that's like absolutely terrible and like made of shitty things 
and I swear to God, like, no one, pretty much no one even touched it. They, like, picked at, like, a part of the sauce, and they were like, it's okay. But they were, like, afraid of my cooking. So um, I still think I'm going to make, like, Christmas dinner or something like that, just because I will enjoy doing that, just even for myself. And even if no one eats it, um, I think it's just, like, a nice thing on Christmas to have, like something going on something more than just uber eats going on i think it's it's important and i really hope and for anyone who's listening to this that you also are able to see some of your friends and family i know a close friend of mine just canceled her birthday party she was about to have like a big birthday and she even had like a liquor sponsor and it was in new york and just you know it was it was gonna be amazing and she's like a turning like a milestone birthday so she canceled it because of COVID. I mean, I, I have to respect it, but I know in Canada right now also they're telling people that you don't have your friends over, don't have your family over for Christmas because COVID is too serious. Don't, you know, do any of this shit. And I, of course, respect that to a degree, but also like you have to think of the negative mental health repercussions of just completely sequestering yourself to being alone over the holidays. Like... I really hope if anyone's listening to this, you don't let people bully you out of seeing your friends and family within reason. Like if I was sick, if I felt sick, if I had any doubt in my mind, of course, I'm not going to go see my like 65 year old mother that like I'm not doing that. But if you're seeing your friends or like assume your own level of risk, but like, I mean, I wish I could say take a rapid test also, but I don't understand all this shit is sold out everywhere. And it's like, this is, I want to say, the fourth wave. We are two years into this shit. How are we not prepared two years later? We've been doing this for two years. How could we not get our shit together enough to have enough tests for people? We knew this was coming. A few weeks ago, everyone was like, oh, Omicron, it's he- it's coming. It's bad. It's in South Africa. It's coming here, whatever. Okay, cool. We had time to prepare. Why are there no tests? Why is it like impossible to get tested anywhere? I feel like right now, honestly, half the people I know in Atlanta are sick. Half the people I know in LA are sick. A bunch of people in New York. I don't know anyone in New York actually that's sick, sick, but it seems like on Twitter, every all of New York is sick. But how did we not prepare for this? I don't know. If you can get your hands though on some kind of rapid test or testing thing or even just test for antibodies or something, like just do that and see your friends and family because I just feel like... I can't do another Christmas, another holiday where I'm like being bullied of into not seeing friends and family. I mean, I'm not saying have a fucking super spreader event, but just we've had two years to prepare people. At this point, it's almost like they don't want us to have some of the necessary tools to actually deal with this in any rational way. Like, why are we not talking about potential early treatments? Why are we not talking about different things you can do to prevent getting extremely sick or why are we not making testing available in the way that it should be when we knew that this fucking wave was coming like why is the only solution stay at home don't see the people you love close your fucking windows because there's covid outside like don't see sunlight don't do any it's just it makes no sense to me so Sorry for the little rant, but I am really looking forward to seeing my friend over the holidays and uh, I hope everyone else can do something like that to some degree. Um, 
because as I look back on this year, which was fucking insane, and I really, as the year began, never thought that it would lead me. I never thought it would lead me to moving to Atlanta. I never thought that one of the most exciting things that I would have going for my life by the end would be a podcast that people actually seem to like. And like, I actually have a sponsor and I think I'm getting another one. And like, I'm doing bigger podcasts now because people like my shit. And I never, I don't know, I I guess I wanted it to happen, but I didn't think that it would. And I definitely didn't think it would be the path that I took to get here, which was like, well, I'm not going to recap all of it, but if you've listened to the earlier episodes, you know where it was just kind of a mess. Like, I never expected to be brought down to L.A., that I was supposed to be working with this, like, big artist, that then it didn't really work out, and I had some health shit going on, and I was heartbroken, and... I had no other ways of really making money. So I would start stripping and then I would start this podcast and then people would relate. Like you just never really know. You never know. Um, But it's made me think a lot recently about just timelines of shit because this is really my last year. 2021 was my last year of like fully being in my 20s. Next year, I don't want to say that I'm turning 30, but I'm not not turning 30. And... I feel like I've been encountering a lot of this mentality recently of like, if you're in the age bracket of 25 to 29 or 26 to 30 or whatever, and your friends aren't talking about buying houses and starting families and investing and this and that, then you have the wrong friends and all of that stuff. Or if you're 29 and you don't have this and that together then like you're a failure at life and you should be you shouldn't be like still going out and and moving the way you're moving you should be like at home with the family and all this stuff you know that mentality which I hate that mentality but there's some truth to it of course you shouldn't necessarily be like wiling out completely when you're about to push in 30 but at the same time I feel like we're all truly on our own schedules and when I look back back in my life in my early 20s when I really thought that I was like extremely grown and I was living with my boyfriend at the time we were together for four years we had an apartment I redid the whole apartment I put up even like like wallpaper I like redid the furniture I was on Pinterest every day like finding new dinner recipes and like creating this like domestic bliss quote-unquote that was honestly really nice and I'm really happy I had that time in my life but it was arguably like too early we couldn't sustain it we were too young we were kids we didn't really know what we were doing deep down even if we could act like we were grown and also it's just not necessarily the only or the ultimate marker of success because what you realize when you're in a situation like that is that it's not necessarily the most permanent thing either. And maybe I did it almost backwards where in my early 20s, I was acting like I was about to be 30. And then in my mid to late 20s, I've now kind of, I feel like, been outside more than I ever was when I was younger. And I feel like I've had to figure a lot of shit out that maybe certain people had figured out earlier. But I'm grateful that at least... I had some time to figure it out or I don't know. It's just I feel like everyone is on their own timeline and certain people that make you feel bad about your age or where you are in life 
because of your age. I don't think that that's really very fair and I don't think it's a good way. I don't think it's a good barometer to like measure success because I mean, of course there are certain benchmarks to success and there are certain things that put a lot of pressure on people to get have their own shit figured out by the time that they're like 30. Like I for now, I guess will most likely never be on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. I will never be like some whiz kid genius millionaire at 22. I mean, it's at this point we've we've crossed the 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 threshold of that and the promise of being an extremely young, hot, wealthy, lit person is rapidly disintegrating from my hands. I mean, maybe I can get some kind of surgery or something and make myself look young and hot by the time that I actually am as successful as I would like to be one day. Thank God for technology. But no, it's it's just I feel like a lot of the measurements that we use to like quantify success, especially when we're young, are like just shit that we can buy or shit that our credit affords us to buy. Like, you know, do you have a house? Do you have a car? Do you have what do you have? What do you own? That's that makes you successful, that makes you more like worthy or whatever. And of course, those things are really important and you need you need fucking shelter and you arguably do need a car, especially depending on the city that you're living in. But for the most part, I think that there's a lot to be said about understanding that everyone gets their time, except maybe the people who never clap for others when it's not their time. Except the haters who never really know how to be happy for other people that are getting their time. Those people might have some weird karmic debt going on that they, I don't know if they're really going to get the shine that they're looking for one day. But for the most part, everyone gets their time. And to put too much pressure on yourself and feel bad about where you are given your age when maybe you were on a different path than someone else who is in their early 20s maybe you had different obstacles in your way I mean everyone does like I'm thinking about this especially now because this weekend and this is like mortifying but whatever this weekend a friend of mine I have my license but I never I don't have my full license and I moved out alone to Toronto when I was 17 and growing up like my mom never had a car my mom never drove my dad did have a car he had a Bentley that he bought like when my mom won the lottery even though we still lived in government subsidized housing and I went to public school so that's a whole other story I can't remember if I've told that story on this podcast before but um we did have a Bentley that did not sync up to the rest of our lifestyle in any capacity whatsoever but my dad also passed away when I was 18 so by the time that I was like could come home and like learn be taught how to drive or have access to a car like my dad was gone and my mom didn't drive she didn't have a car so I never really had access to like a family car or someone that would teach me how to drive and when I was younger, when I was like 21, 22, I did take driving lessons. I did like young drivers, graduated driving, whatever. 
And I learned how to drive on the highway and I learned how to drive. I learned how to work a vehicle. But when I went to take my test and I remember the the cost of like the lessons and then the testing with the car included because I didn't have a car. It was like almost $4,000 for the whole package. And my mom at the time, I think, helped me pay for it. But it was really expensive and we couldn't really afford it. And I failed my fucking test on some dumb thing. I think it was like I didn't stop all the way at a like when I was pulling out of the parking lot to join the like freeway to start the test so it was like I automatically failed before the test even started or something stupid I was just nervous and I remember I beat myself up so much over it because I knew that because I failed that test like I wasn't gonna be able to do another test again for a while because I didn't have a fucking car and I couldn't rent one again and I couldn't do the whole young drivers thing again So I remember I beat myself up over it so much and I just decided I was like, well, fuck it. I guess I'm not meant to drive. Like, at least I'm living in Toronto and I'm planning on moving to New York anyway. So you don't really need to drive there. So I'll make it work like fuck it, whatever. So I didn't not to make an excuse for myself, but it just driving just didn't really work out for me. And for a while, especially when I was traveling a lot as a food writer and a travel writer, like. I was really only at home some of the time for like a couple weeks out of the month and then I would be in another country or another city and when you're traveling you have an excuse as to why you're not really driving like most people don't unless you're renting a car like you don't necessarily your car isn't with you obviously if you have one and you're traveling so you can get Ubers they can send you a driver you can figure out public transit whatever you're not at your home you don't have your car so it was very normal and very okay for me it seemed from a public perspective to not be driving and not have a car because I was always on the move I was still young I was living in major cities it wasn't necessary but now being here in Atlanta it's really weird and really like a handicap to not to not drive to not have a car everyone drives here and if you don't drive if you're taking uber everywhere it's like a red flag it's like do you are you like can you not drive like are you a fucking felon do you have a dui like why are you not driving everyone here drives and so for the first like long time that i've been living here i've kind of tried to just avoid it and i thought eventually i'll figure it out once i like just a a bunch of shit that I thought I was going to have to just check off before I could go to the DMV and get my Georgia license. So I thought I'll just put this off eventually. But I was grateful because a friend of mine offered to just help me learn how to drive again. And like he pulled up in his car. We drove around all weekend. I drove all weekend. I drove everywhere, like on the highway, through the city, like through traffic, parking, everything. I drove all weekend and I felt so much more confident after that experience and like I was just so grateful for that like just that those two days where I realized like okay I actually this isn't that hard I just had a barrier up in my mind from like bad experiences in the past and like just not having access to a car but this isn't that hard I could I can do this and if nothing else I can definitely do this just like to get basic shit like do groceries or go pick someone up that I need to or something like basic stuff that you just need a car for as an adult and so I'm realizing as this weekend is going by this past weekend that okay maybe I should just buy a used car just so I can have it for you know basic things that you need in life 
And I've been looking now at dealerships and different, like, I kind of want to get a used Audi, Audi, however you say it, because I just like the way that those cars look. I like the way they drive. And I like the fact that it's like classy. Like, I wouldn't be embarrassed to pull up in an Audi anywhere. It's a nice car. It's kind of a luxury vehicle. I feel like whatever, I'm not the big car person, but like the motors are good. And it's like, I think it's a decent value also for what you get. So I've been looking at that and like, my budget isn't huge. But I also realized in my mind, I'm like, damn, I'm 29 years old, and I'm buying a car for the first time. Like most people at this point have been driving for a decade. And I'm just doing this now. Also, because I'm thinking ahead. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to have kids. I'm not gonna not have a car. Like I want to do these things. I want to like build a studio. I'm not going to just, what am I going to fucking take the bus to doing all of these? No, I'm, I need a car. So, but I'm 29. Like that's old to be getting a car for the first time, but I'm still getting a car for the first time. And that's still an accomplishment. And like, even if I sound like a total loser saying that, I feel like it's important to remember that like everyone really is on their own timelines and on their own paths. And it's okay if you're like a little bit delayed in certain aspects. Like maybe it's there was a reason or something. Maybe God was looking out for me because if I had been driving in my 20s, maybe something would have, I don't know. You never know. I, I feel like it has to happen for some reason, even if that reason isn't necessarily all the way clear to you in the moment. I don't know. But I am, I think, buying a car. I think I'm going to buy myself something for Christmas and just have it for basic shit. Um, it's not going to be anything crazy, but it's exciting. It's exciting and and mortifying and kind of sad at the same time. So I'm not going to like brag too much about it because I do feel like I should have probably done this a long time ago. But at the same time, maybe it shows some level of growth where I'm like, okay, I'm committed to like staying in this place for now. And I'm committed to like, I can deal with the commitment of having a vehicle and knowing that it's my responsibility. Where, whereas when I was a little bit younger, I feel like I just didn't even want that responsibility, to be honest. I was like, I don't want to deal with if somebody breaks into my car or the insurance or parking. It just seemed like a headache. I was like, I don't want that. But now, I mean, it just, it feels worth it. And the responsibility doesn't seem obscene. So I'm excited about that to a degree. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. So I pretty much say all that to say that we seem to have this obsession with succeeding early, with being millionaires under 30, with being child whiz kids. But meanwhile, we also have this almost sick perversion with staying young forever. And I mean, beauty and youth are two things that are exploited to varying degrees in this country and across the world, as much as they ever were. You know, from Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein to like the 18 and 19 year old girls that walk the runways at New York Fashion Week and Victoria's Secret. But it really is a total contradiction, in my opinion. Like, you can't really have success and know what the fuck you're doing in this life and also be a baby faced 21 year old. And in a lot of ways, I feel like you shouldn't want to be. Because the main benefit of getting older, at least as far as I can tell, is that 
you actually start to be able to see things for what they are and what a joke certain things are. Like, just the fact that I went to college and I got a whole a whole degree to be a journalist, became a journalist, and fast forward to the year 2021, and there are literally 19-year-olds getting rich from selling pixelated images of, like, monkeys as NFTs and... Elon Musk is allegedly paying $11 billion in taxes and saying that he's not perverted enough to be on CNN. Meanwhile, CNN and all of our elected leaders are telling us to put two masks on, take them off, put them on, get tested, but the tests don't work, but don't go see your family. But none of it really makes very much sense. And I do think that as you get older, you're able to see how ridiculous some things in this world actually are and able to see things a little bit more for what they really are. I mean, at some point, you just sort of stop and look around and wonder, what is this world that we are living in? Not to get too existential, but are any of us okay Is anyone okay? Are we okay at all? And I don't know what the answer to that question is, but as I've gotten older and life has humbled me, as I believe it does for everyone, time and life humble you. That is a universal truth that will happen across the board. You do start to see things differently. And I think that that's a good thing. And that happens naturally at your own pace. You can't force it. Like, for example, and I don't want to give this example, but for some reason it stands out in my mind, given my past weekend that I just had. When I was 17, I used to, for some reason, think this was normal, given the people that I grew up around, but we used to do coke and molly and whatever the fuck at school in the bathroom stalls between classes during class on the weekends that was regular to us and i felt very little of anything the next day very little remorse very little regret i just kind of felt like okay that was lit what are we doing next i didn't care I mean, I did coke at my prom with my friends and felt no shame, no almost hangover and nothing. We just drove around till eight in the morning listening to Kid Cudi's The Pursuit of Happiness and kept it pushing because that's what you did in 2010. And in some ways, I do wish that I realized that that wasn't necessarily normal the way that I grew up. I didn't realize it until I moved to Toronto for college and talked to other people, my dorm mates, roommates, whatever at the time, and realized that where they grew up, because they were from like Dubai and Washington, D.C. and everywhere, that that wasn't really normal, that I had had a bizarre experience. I didn't really realize that until it was too late. And Thankfully, I did stop like doing drugs and all of that years ago, years and years ago. Um, the last time I even touched anything, I was literally in Colombia, and I more I feel like did it to, to like try the local delicacy almost, not because I even really wanted to do it. So I think in some ways it's a different experience, not to call it a delicacy, but it's like you know when you're in a new country or a new place, you want to like try the food of like the region. I feel like that's how I treated it, and I didn't even enjoy it, and I was like, this is stupid, so whatever. 
But fast forward to this past weekend and... Well, it started with, I went and got my nails done with a girlfriend and then we ended up going for dinner and then we ended up meeting up with some people at the strip club and then we ended up continuing to drink after that. And I woke up, this was on Sunday night and I woke up at five in the morning on, I guess, Monday morning, Sunday night. And I just felt this like deep moral hangover, Like, this feeling of knowing that I didn't need to do what I had done. Not that I did anything crazy. I literally just was drinking for no reason. But it was the fact that I was drinking for no reason. Like, I knew that I didn't have to do this shit anymore, and I arguably shouldn't really be doing this shit anymore. Because it almost would have been better if there was a reason. Like, Not that I was supposed to be at the club networking or something like that. I mean, that in itself is an insufferable activity, I think. People who go to the club or go out trying to turn it into some productive business venture when that's not what it is, especially if it wasn't a meeting to begin with. Like, stop trying to, like, exchange numbers with me and think that I'm some kind of golden ticket to some bigger networking or music industry or fucking media. I'm not. I don't like that. I don't like it when people do that. So not that it should have been that but it could have at least if there had been some point to it or even after the night was over and I decided to get an uber home it's not like I went over to my man's place and had some like amazing sex or something like that I literally just got a car home forgot about my dinner leftovers in the uber home which is an l in itself because I really wanted those leftovers and then just passed out alone in my bed woke up with a dry mouth and a bunch of regret about like why did I just do that Why did I just spend that money? Why did I just put my liver through that? Yes, it was fun, but why? Like, why do I still think that it's a good idea to have five tequilas on a Sunday night and not have anything productive or meaningful really come out of it? When will I stop doing that? Should I feel bad? People are allowed to have fun still. You're still allowed to have fun as you get older, But to what end? And at what cost, really? I don't know. And I guess in some way, I should be grateful for that level of moral hangover that I get now from making decisions like that. Maybe it shows some level of maturity and growth. Maybe it shows some level of actual, like, real adultness kicking in. Not some dumb meme version of it, like, haha, I'm adulting, haha, whatever. I hate, I really, ugh, I don't even get me started on that. But maybe it's some real level of growth. But at the same time, how much growth could it be if I'm still doing the same shit? I don't know. But I do know that if you're younger and you're listening to this and you don't know what I mean, don't worry. You will get there eventually and wake up at five in the morning with a dry mouth and a moral hangover, too. I promise you.